Hey, welcome everybody to the Drivers Podcast, episode two, um, the Mo- Melbourne Motorex edition. Um, so, on the weekend, uh, lovely Steve and I. Uh, so, sorry, we introduce ourselves. My name is Sean, um, and on the other sideline, we have the lovely Steve. Um, we are your automotive jibber jabberers uh, this evening. And going back to what I was saying, we just attended Melbourne Motorex. It was certainly an experience to behold and be bewildered with. Um, yeah. So we're just, we're, we're just going to jump right in. Uh, as your first time joining us, uh, definitely hit subscribe because these rants only get wilder and wilder from what I've experienced. So, uh, yeah, so let, let's, let's hook in. So Uncle All Steve, right. Motorex. Give us your overall thoughts. What you know? Did you love it? This is event what number three for you? Uh no, no. I've been to uh, probably about four or five motorists. Holy cow! Yeah, because you know I'm ideally positioned between the two locations, Sydney and Melbourne, so I can shoot up the road to Sydney and I can make trips down to Melbourne for it. Um, look, uh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, these are multiple. Yeah. Jesus, I only thought it was a Melbourne thing. No, it's wow. been, it was a Sydney thing and it graced itself upon Melbourne years <laughs> ago when uh, numbers started dwindling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> funny how that happens. I tell you what I miss while we're jibber jamming about motor shows. I miss auto salons. Is it just me or... or I yeah, it's just you. It's, no, it's literally do. just you. It can't be. <laughs> I, I have a hankering for two-door WRXs in green with airbrushed tigers and some Momo rims and big steeros. Like, you know, I, that, that's, that's what the world needs more of. Come on. I want to make it to episode three. Just, just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. Bring back the Osmond brothers. Oh my God. I remember having that poster oh. up in the garage. Oh, don't even. Okay, stop it. Okay, back to Melbourne yep. Motor X. What a what yeah. event it was. So we attended on the Saturday, uh, which is the, the middle day of the event from, from what I could work out. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a solid, solid, solid uh, crowd. Like the, the crowd was impressive. Um, the, the number of cars certainly looked like it had grown since the last time I went. This being my second Melbourne uh, Motor X. Uh, I believe the, um, the crowd numbers were bigger than uh, any of the previous years in Melbourne, which is obviously a good thing. One of the things that they did differently this time was actually add some movement and noise to what has traditionally been a pretty static event. Uh, so things like having the drift demonstrations, uh, the uh, dyno running, and uh, they had a few of the burnout cars that were just kind of driving around the place from time to time just to make lots of loud noises and make it a little bit more interesting, which, uh, you know, I guess was a good thing. But which is which is quite funny because that just sounds like a normal Friday night in Frankston. <laughs> uh, yeah, except that the sort of burnout cars they had cruising around weren't VNs ready to rip single pack. What they were so, VPs <laughs> ripping jewelies. I think that's still a very fine line between the two. Um, yeah. but, but shout out to Burnout Magazine, which I am a subscriber of, thanks to a certain someone. Uh, still, still loving my subscription. And, uh, keep keep on keep on sending the heat. Um, but hey, um, so so look, uh, so we 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 um yeah, I I think you're right. I, I think I think we we both enjoyed the fact that it was a little bit more movement, a bit more lively uh, from the last time that we both attended um, together, which was a couple of years ago now. Um, but no, it was it was I was I was impressed by the 
by the turnout of cars. But in saying that, you go to a lot of car shows in your occupation. <laughs> and, and, and it doesn't seem to me that a lot changes from years to years. Like there's still yeah. the influx of Tiranas with massive motors that look like they've never, ever seen the street ever. For, like, I mean, are, are we going to change from that? Or is that just what car shows are now? Look, it's funny that you should say that because I literally had this very conversation with someone earlier today. And, and you've got to, you got to take it. Uh, you've got to view it through a typical punter's eyes to really understand it properly. Because you're right. I go to a heap of car shows, like in excess of about 70 a year. Jesus. Uh, so it's very easy for me to walk into a place like that and say, ah, yeah, cool. Uh, Aussie slash American muscle car with shiny LS slash small block Chev slash <laughs> small block Ford. LS uh, is life. Nice clingy billet rims. Yeah. Nice paint job. And view it as, you know, a fairly standard sort of thing, only because I see it so often. But for the average punter who is going along, it, it has it's something else because you never see all of those sort of vehicles of that sort of caliber in one place at one time. And it, look, it is impressive. But to someone who does go along to a lot of these sort of things a lot of the time, uh, yeah, it, it can be very easy to find yourself uh, uh, almost, uh, you know, it, it's difficult to really appreciate something when it's in a row of 35 other similar spec builds. This is true. This is very true. But but what's the demographic they're aiming for? Like, you know, I think automotive trends have changed. I think everyone's, there's a lot more uh, cross-culturing. Like, you know, you'll see... Uh, you know, Mazdas with with LSs, and then they've also got crazy camber, and they're dropped, and they've got some airbrushing, and then underneath the bonnet, they're sticker bombed. Like, it's it's it, there's so much cross culturing go, going on, which is amazing. And I think the scene's certainly grown. It, it's funny you look at some of the overseas shows and and, and content that you that you get um, bombarded with on social media and, and and just websites in general. And I I, I think I think they they are all evolving to a certain degree whereas here we seem to be static like you know we, we it's it's still the same cars that i saw at the summer nats when my dad took me as the only ethnic people to attend the summer nats in the <laughs> early 90s uh, and everyone and, and, and everyone thought we were lost but but like you know I, I can look back at photos from then and i sort of got still the same cars well look i i had a lot more hair back then by the way i just that that's something that changes a little bit more generationally. Like, yeah, there is a lot of um, uh, a lot of different automotive trends, but you've also got to look at the demographics that they are, uh, that the key interest groups are, uh, and you know you'll see more of those sort of cars starting to find their way into things like MotorX, for example, and other major shows as the owners of those cars get a bit more mature and get a bit more um, uh, a bit more wealthy let's be honest because the the entry price of a vehicle build to end up in a hall like motorx is astronomical and you know you you 
see the odd like eighty six or FDRX seven or an S two thousand that was in the main hall. Yep, there'll be more of those starting to appear when they start getting built to that same level because that's what people are expecting to see when they go to an event such but as motoring. Do, do you, you think- don't go in there and expect to see, you know, plastic under trays and stuff like that. You go in there and you want to see mirrors under the cars showing that there is a show quality paint job on every nut and bolt in the undercarriage as well. Um, and, you know, that'll happen with different styles of cars as the owners of those styles of cars get to a point where they can invest that level of money to get. But I, 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 don't, I don't even I, know what. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, I, I don't think we're going to get to a point, like even call it 10 years from now, where you walk into a motor show and the hall, instead of having a bunch of Tiranas with, with big blocks and some Krager wheels, is going to be a bunch of. S two thousands with two JZs and Volks, like I I don't think that's gonna become a thing. Look, I I, I hope to God I'm wrong, and I hope to God that that does happen because that'll be phenomenal, and then I'll be all over motor shows again. But I I just I I just think it's the same. Can I just hold you there for a sec because if I may cast your mind back to that same very hall that we were walking through. Uh, you may recall seeing a certain Ford Falcon, I believe, of the AU shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't be so quick to say, no, nah, that's never going to happen. True. Because, you know, <laughs> five years ago, you wouldn't have seen a, a VN Commodore getting any love whatsoever. Hey, and Atlas Grey VNs are where it's at. You know that. Man, well, now they're starting to get the, that level of attention. Uh, you know, they're becoming collector's cars. Hey, I hope and, I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Hey, look, WRXs are already on the rise. Hey, uh, yeah, 26 grand for a stock My98, right? Yep. Dreams, you got it. Dreams are true. I should have. Got it. We should have started banking uh, those years ago. They're like a freaking investment yeah. class now. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, okay. I, I see your point. I see your point. The, the game's evolving and changing. Okay, okay. All right, but, but okay, going back to the show, what was your standout car? What what went, made you go, you know what, that thing is freaking awesome and I get it. <laughs> you, you know this one as well as I do, that Myers Manx. Uh, yeah, 100%. Of exactly the conversation that we just had because when you walk down row after row of Tirana, HQ, uh, XP, XY, Falcon. W, uh, you know, Corvettes and all the usual stuff that you see that, that at that very event, there was at least half a dozen of each of those. Yeah, they were multiplying, uh, I thought. But there was only one Myers-Manx in there and the rear wheels on this Myers-Manx had to be what, like 22s, yeah, 24s? 18s left front, 22s left. Yeah, um, and, and you know what? That thing was absolutely freaking delicious. It was. It was. The attention to detail that went into like the interior trim and all the nice billet bits for a Myers Manx, like they they're a they're a fiberglass bathtub with seats ordinarily. <laughs> so that that was a real standout. It was True. not to the same show quality level as everything else in there, but it was not something that you were used to seeing anywhere at all. 
True. And that's what made it exciting to see. Yeah, and, and look, you know, you're right. That thing, that thing was absolutely amazing, and it was built to an extremely high standard. So yeah, I, 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 I get it, and I see props. But what about if I can cast your mind back to that one car that we were both like, "Wow, look at that!" And then as we got closer, we went, "Oh, maybe not." Do you remember that E46 coupe BMW <laughs> with, the, uh, yes. with the with the with the JPS? Yeah, best ever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it had like the the, the big crazy uh, Japanese gangster style pipes, like ten foot in the air, and and yeah. seat. best ever. Seriously, like, it was so close, man. <laughs> close, and then you just overstepped the mark. <laughs> we were both so excited from far. It was one of those things where we were like, "Wow, yeah. look, that's that's great!" And then we got closer, and oh, too much. A little bit of restraint would have made that a magic thing. <laughs> hey look each for their own hey yeah and i i guess that's the thing right like if if i, I respect it if you're doing your own thing and you're you're jammed to your own tune 100 percent with you and and i'll, I'll fist pump in and hoot and holler you all day long because that, that that's cool but yeah man that, we're, we're both so excited when we saw that thing and then we kind of went oh god it changed yeah like it, I, it got very uh stretch tires and uh, uh and uh you know big dildo shifter and all that sort of jazz. <laughs> it really did. Uh, spiky, spiky uh, uh, wheel nut covers and yep. uh, those little bits just made me go, oh, God. Yeah, just, yeah, kill it with know, fire. All this needed <laughs> was BBSLMs. I know, it would have been great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, and look, that's probably how it probably started life. It probably had like that transition, <laughs> then he was like, you know what, I'm just going to go a little bit further. Next minute, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so so in the evolution car shows i, I think i think uh you can see some things changing what i was really really surprised by I, i'd love to get you again because you've got so many motor shows and, and you see a lot of this and, and you're exposed to a lot of it as well um but i i was blown away with the sheer number of, of aftermarket tuners like everyone and their dog seems to be like you know, the the licensee for this, the 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 importer of that, the come here will bolt on a supercharger and a computer and exhaust to your Colorado, and we'll call it a Maxerado or, or God knows what. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Like I just oh, absolutely. like we we've got to be at saturation. Like we're such a small country. Well, you you would think so, but. Man, this uh, this little industry that we're in is is really thriving and growing. And you know the amount of money that there is, the amount of disposable income that is being thrown around in an event like MotorX or Summonats or any of the big ones, um, is astronomical. Like when you stop to think about the amount of money that would be tied up in that oh, event yeah. in those vehicles. Holy shit, I don't even know where to start. So, you know what, we we are part of a, a massive, massive industry. And I, I think it um, probably doesn't get the, the credit that it deserves in a lot of ways. Um, but it just goes to show that the market is healthy. I mean, you're seeing record auction prices uh, across a lot of different categories rolling through at the moment on classics and modern classic cars. And then you've got people spending huge sums of money on restoring and modifying vehicles. I mean, it's not uncommon for someone to go and spend 
fifty grand buying a you know take an example of a, a new SS Commodore and then taking it around to their local Walkinshaw dealer and yeah. then dropping another thirty five forty grand on top. That's almost the entire purchase price again. Well, yeah, who needs traction, right? Modifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's true. I don't know, it's just evidence of a very buoyant market, and uh, it was also really cool to see that. Um, they had the uh, section up in the top hall uh, of SEMA brands. Agreed. Guys from, you know, companies from the US coming out to sort of test the market in Australia and see uh, whether or not um, there's an appetite for their products over here. Uh, and the sort of conversations that no, undoubtedly happened across the um, uh, the entire weekend between those US uh, manufacturers and some of those other businesses in that very hall who are exactly that the um, the retail front in australia i'm sure is um, going to end up in a lot of really cool products being brought into australia as well yeah so, very much so yeah. And, and that um that integration's only going to be good for everybody right like you know yeah. i i thought that little section was was great and, and i do hope that experiment that they they obviously tried with the uh the SEMA representatives is, is gonna crack on to be an ongoing thing because you know, SEMA, SEMA is a big mega thing. Like it's it's a it's a complete worldwide movement. Absolutely. Um, so if we can get a slice of that, that'll that that'd be nice. And and also on the flip side, it'd be great to see some of these Aussie companies. Like we've had some big success stories, of course. Like, you know, TurboSmart's doing great and has done great and and you've got companies like like uh Motec and, and AVO who, who do great overseas as well. But it'd be great to have a few more Aussie companies. Yeah. the international barriers and, and start to push into different regions. That's right. I, I was just about to say, like, the door swings both ways on that. Um, yeah. that when those brand representatives come out to Australia, you know that there's some of the um, uh, the big players in US distribution are coming over with them and walking around plain clothes looking for products that we make here that will do well in the United States. Um, and you know, that's, that, that spells awesome opportunities because we've got, um, uh, we've got really talented engineering sectors here in Australia. We've just got to develop the capability to launch, um, uh, into foreign markets to, to support the manufacturing that goes behind it. So yeah, hundred percent. And I, I think you're, I think you're right. Like, you know, I, I don't think there's been a time in history where there's been more, global platforms right like there's been like the colorado is now available everywhere from what i'm from what i'm you know led to believe as is the ranger and and there's more cars sharing exactly the same components that might be badged and slightly styled um with nuances for different regions but underneath the all the kind of same so you know it, it there's never been a better time to make one product to fit many yeah, exactly. across different, different rooms. Oh, well, look, I, I, and that, that was cool, man. That was that was really cool to touch on those points. I think it's important, especially to support those those local manufacturers. But to, to end this podcast and, and to, to end the Super Motor X version, tell me what would Steve's ultimate show car be? Go on, build it for me. Paint me, paint oh. me a picture of this baby. Oh damn! You, you always stump me with some wacky, wacky query. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm probably <laughs> going to shoot myself in the foot with this one. Toronto Big Block. I've literally just been sitting here talking about how like there's that, that lack of diversity and whatnot <laughs> in those halls. But 
if I was building uh, a really mint top car that would fit in with that sort of theme, uh, it's going to be a Hugger Orange 68 Camaro. Wow. Uh, with something probably, uh, well, look, if we're talking about imaginary things, it would just be <laughs> really cool. Uh, it's going to have a 572 with eight throttle bodies and uh, it's going to have a six-speed manual and it's going to be fucking amazing. Yeah, that that <laughs> does sound fairly hot. It really does. It really does. I, yeah, so I, I do like the pro tourist style uh, of cars that are being built out of the States and more so here now as well. Um, and 68 Camaro has always been a bit of a favourite, so... No, that that would be very very cool. Yeah. Hey, and just on a quick side note, no Teslas at the show. Weird, um, but I, I tell I tell what's really really funny. Like you know, I I, I ask you these stupid questions on these podcasts, and every single time you come up with something completely left field that I'm not expecting as well. By the way, um, okay, so 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 my perfect build for for said car show would be something that I that I um I, I think would, would definitely disturb many many people. I'd probably go out and get like a, a 98 Camry. Stick with me on this one. It's going to get weird. <laughs> a, a 98 Camry. You'd put a set of like, you know, 15 inch steelies. Uh, you'd, you'd dump it. Uh, you'd, you'd paint it some kind of matte color. You'd put on a little ducktail and a little like rubber front, front, uh, front bar um, spoiler. Yeah. And then you'd uh, convert it to electric. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was the best response <laughs> ever. <laughs> uh, well, I'm thinking, like, well, why, why are you just getting like a hybrid camera and giving it a matte wrap? And no, 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 no. It's got to be like a vintage Camry, like a new Camry, all electric motor. It'll be amazing. It'll, it'll break so many people. And the sad thing is, it'll probably be the fastest thing in the car show. <laughs> Well, look, another thing that I feel we need to touch on before wrapping this thing up, because, uh, uh, well, I don't feel like we've ranted quite enough in this. <laughs> um, but very, very, very dis- disappointing thing to see was an Audi R8 V10 oh, yeah. rolling on Volk Racing T37. Yeah. In your head, you're probably thinking, oh, that doesn't sound that bad. No, it was. Let me tell you, I I am in desperately in love with T37s. I think they're the greatest wheel that has ever been designed and created. They were. But they were. This is the one application where they managed to make T37s look terrible, and it broke my heart. Yeah, I look. Oh, we're, of me died. We're we've both been uh, Volk rim owners. Um, and I think we're both fork out stupid amounts of money for those Volcrums that we've owned. Um, and, and I think we both turned around and saw that vehicle and we went, oh, I just died a little bit inside. It, it was truly tragic. I, and you know, I, 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 thinking about it now, it all comes down to the offset and fitment, right? Like it literally looks like he went to the handbook and went, this is the wheel it says that I need to buy for this car. So that's the wheel I'm going to get. Well, else he should have yeah. gone onto like, stancenation.com and gone this is the offset that I need from this car and that's what I'm going to get because at yeah. least that way it would have looked way better yeah I agree but yeah. in, ultimately it just should never have been done in the first place 
This is true. He should have just got some big yeses or, well, God knows. In this day and age, Photoshop it first, then buy the wheels. <laughs> but I think, I think if you Photoshopped it from the side, it's because you couldn't see the depth, right? Like, the depth is what killed it. Like, there was zero depth to those wheels, and, and, and that's what, what, what hurt it the most, I, I humbly feel. Yeah. Look, on, on, that, on that sad and, and bitterly disappointing note, Let's let's wrap up episode two and, and, and we'll be back to normal mentalness come episode three. Hey look, thanks, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, and and hopefully you liked what you heard. If you didn't, keep listening because I'm sure they're probably gonna either get really, really bad or really, really good. So either way, look, thank you for your support and thank you for everyone tuning into episode one. Uh, we've got a few more crackers coming up, so so stick with us. And if there's anything you want us to talk about, please reach out to us at hello at thedrivers.com.au and uh yeah, speak to you then. Thanks so much for your time, Steve. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. You've been listening to The Driver's Podcast. If you liked it, hit subscribe and tell a friend or read more online at thedrivers.co.